0: Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Total Football Analysis Show. Here we are twice a month to talk about the best tactics, the best analysis of tactics and all the most recent games and uh, and scores and uh, basically just cultural commentary on, on football in general, soccer, depending on where you are in the world. Don't forget to subscribe and like us and give us some love. Uh, there's a 20% off our affiliate link if you subscribe to the TFA site. And um, today we're going to be talking about some very interesting things. We're going to be discussing Joaquin, who some of you might not know is like, who's, what name is that? And we'll go into that. He is the Betis, Real Betis Balompie captain. We're going to be talking about Real Madrid and Ancelotti. And we're going to be talking about uh, Everton. So join us and uh, we'll see you on the other side. So I want to present our hosts and our commentators. We have Coach Gabriel Peñalosa. How's it going, Coach?
1: Hello, everyone. It's been, it's, it's been a good week. We have a, a good couple of weeks, actually, right? We have a lot to talk about, a lot to get to. We'll do a little look backwards first, but uh, excited to get into it.
0: And Mr. Daniel Suarez, all the way
2: from the United Kingdom. How's it going, sir? Good evening, gentlemen. Good evening, everyone. I'm looking forward to talk about uh, our Champions League predictions.
0: Interesting, interesting.
2: Let's do a quick, well, I'm Emerson Mectus, as you know, not
0: Matos, inside joke right there. (laughs) Um, But uh, let's do a quick quick recap of some, you know, let's say memorable things that happened uh, since our last show. The first one has to be said, much to my chagrin. uh, Congratulations to these two merengues over here um uh you know easiest team to root for in the world i don't understand why but whatever um real madrid have won their 35th league uh we're going to be doing a more in-depth look into what that means uh for you know not what it means but like how it got how it happened kind of you know we're going to talk a little bit about the the path and Ancelotti and this last you know nine ten months of real madrid winning the title um 35th title for real madrid which puts them now in only um one title behind ajax amsterdam as the european club with the most local leagues basically uh i don't know about all the leagues there might be more leagues one in some part of eastern europe or something don't quote me there but on the main let's say like you know top five six ten leagues real madrid and ajax are the two that have the most uh, local leagues. So it's a very interesting thing. I think Rangers is closed as well in Scotland, but not that I would call that a major league, but that's under debate. Um, the other interesting scenario that keeps on happening is like the gift that keeps on giving is City and Liverpool. They're just not giving up. You know, they're fighting for that Premiership week after week, no matter who they're playing in Champions League, no matter the rival. You know, it's still happening. It's still one point you know whenever we're like okay that's it liverpool won a game that maybe like was not their best game and then man city coming from a hard-fought battle against madrid and it's still happening that title race is still to be tbd as they would say right and then uh, a discarded subject because we were going to talk about the Serie A, but inter then went to bologna and i don't know how to say this, but they root the pooch maybe is that what you would say you know like they I don't know if you saw that second goal that Inter uh, received against Bologna, but man, that goalkeeper some parts of the world would have to get personal bodyguards, um, which that, is, you know, that, that yeah.
1: goal just to interrupt quickly. That was the first time I'd ever seen an XG of one. <laughs> on that play. You, like, mean this is goalie? Goalie.
0: you mean from the goalie? Or? <laughs> no, like
1: when, so the play when the ball goes to the line, right? That That's when they mark the XG and the, the ball is basically on the line. So it's, it, like, what it's saying is it's impossible to miss it.
0: It's impossible to miss it. And I mean, what a, gift. what a gift. What a gift. And, you know, and also when you're finally like fighting for the title against your historic rivals of AC Milan, you know, like, I mean that's that's one of those historical blunders that reminds me of that time you know when liverpool when gerard like slipped remember against chelsea and we basically gave the title to chelsea you know so uh and then you know so yeah so you know my my heart's out to all the interistas um and then the other you know big subject matter that has been doing the rounds is mino rayola right so uh basically one of the super agents of football you know represents ibrahimovic you know represents paul pogba erling haaland um unfortunately he passed away you know uh agents always being polarizing figures in our sport uh people that if i was a football player i would want the toughest meanest agent you could get but i'm not a football player a professional one at least so you know it's a uh, controversial to say the least uh but these are some highlights from the last couple of weeks that we can discuss congratulations to our two Madrid fans over here. And uh, let's go uh, to our next section and we're gonna talk about uh, Mr. Joaquin. Welcome back everybody to the Total Football Analysis Show. Don't forget to subscribe and like us and give us some love. There is a 20% off our affiliate link if you subscribe to the TFA site. And we are recording this on may 3rd is it the third guys it is the third May May third uh currently the first half of billarreal liverpool just ended uh and i think it's safe to say that uh it's not what a lot of the british punditry thought was going to happen because they thought it was going to be uh just they were going to just be run over by liverpool and surprise you know emery being emery again um as we had a, a show dedicated to that uh and With that, we can do a very quick recap before we enter into, you know, our section about Joaquin, which is that the Champions League right now, you know, is basically happening as we predicted. (laughs) I mean, let's be real here, you know, like Villarreal playing very interesting uh, sort of like tactically across two games, you know. So one of the things that is always interesting to hear from coaches and managers is that, when you play these home and away uh, legs, um, there it's you know it's it's basically one half of 90 minutes, and then you play a second half of 90 minutes, and that is literally what Emery and Klopp said at the end of the first game, which is, yeah, we were much better than them, but that's just one half of the game, you know. And I think I'll speak for myself. I think my prediction of what was going to happen or could still happen today was that. It was going to be much tighter. It was going to be probably like 1-0 or 2-0 Villarreal. But I do think that Liverpool will probably get that one goal in the second half and maybe go through. Um, so I don't know
2: if you guys agree with that as something that could still happen, potentially. I was I was quite disappointed by uh, Villarreal in the first match. Um, <clears throat> I think they were completely overrun by Liverpool. And although they did well to keep it at 2-0... Uh, it was entirely one-sided. Uh, I think Villarreal had one shot on goal that wasn't even on target. And Liverpool had 20-some shots, 70-cent possess- possession. I was expecting a little bit more of a fight. Um, so 2-0, I think, was an excellent <clears throat> result for for Villarreal. And uh, this second leg, yeah, I agree. It's the second half. Uh, <laughs> without saying too much, or can we say something? Can, can yeah, we mention yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah, of course. I was this was going to air I, after, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I certainly I certainly didn't think uh it was going to be 2-0 for Riyadh after 45 minutes. Uh, uh I'm actually shocked because uh Liverpool has been dreadful. They've been awful. So, uh hey, it's a it's a proper game now, so pretty exciting. Coach, any comments there? Or-
1: you know the the first leg went as as i as i thought it would and and maybe this is we, we talked about the the emory mentality right and we talked about how the the simplicity of his formations and of his instructions i think daniel was mentioning that on on the last show and how that that helps a team and then to have kind of like a broader lens rather than looking at just the the match that they're in that they're playing you know have that broader lens that that's just one half the other half the entire 90 minutes is at home and it's a Villa a real if you see the way this game this game is going, the first the first half at least, I mean, Villarreal is flying to the ball; they're getting their first. Um, they're breaking on the spaces. Uh, Liverpool look lethargic; they look tired; they look disinterested. Let
0: me ask you. Um, let me ask you something super quickly because we want to go into hmm. Joaquin. Do you think it affects the players or even the management when you have? All the British press, pretty much press across Europe, except in Spain, maybe, where they know Emery and Villarreal a little bit better, but maybe the British press, for sure, when they keep saying, you're better, oh my God, how was it only 2-0, was horrible, how could? How would they, why are they there, how could they get there, do you think that affects the players that they enter the field thinking, yeah, we are better? Do you think that happens?
1: I, I think it seems to affect players of Premier League teams, well, of, of teams other than Real Madrid, I guess I would say. <laughs> Real Madrid can be absolutely abject, right? And then just come and then just, just win in, in, in just a few minutes. So um, I, I, I think the pressure is, is a little bit different in c- coming from England with all the money that's there. Um, there's an expectation and they, they feel like they, they have to uh, maybe overperform every game just to <clears throat> have a baseline. So I I think that could be it, but but I also think I think a lot of credit has to be given to Villarreal and and managers like Emery and and how a small local team can generate energy in in at home and um and even, even not not just a small team right I, I think for example um the when Leicester go to to Roma on Thursday. I, I think I think Roma's gonna wipe the floor with them, to be perfectly honest. These are these are not easy places to go. Yeah,
0: on mind you is going to Roma not for the Champions League, not for the Europa League, but for that new <laughs> league that they created. So let's yeah. let's
2: also give that perspective, right? I like, think, sure. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think something else that might factor in is the fact that uh, Liverpool is fighting on four fronts and hmm. they're very much in the title race. So there's a little bit, I think, of that wearing uh, and weighing on 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 everyone. Where, whereas Villarreal lost to Alaves over the weekend. It's like, hey, who cares? Um, so,
0: <laughs> yeah. So that
2: that might that might be it. Yeah. yeah.
0: Now uh, to wrap this up quickly. Um, on the other hand, you got Madrid and Man City in the game with no defense. It's like it's like a you know it's like the man who came from the cold or whatever. One of those like old titles from movies. This was look at that the football game with no defense. You know, it was just. Yeah was incredible to watch and it's you know it's obviously a lot of fun to watch those games but um you know but if you really go down into the nitty-gritty and the tactics i mean coach defense was horrible on both sides you know i mean there was just nothing there i mean i don't know if there's a quick analysis there or do you want to just jump into uh joaquin
1: <laughs> i mean well, we can give it 30 seconds and and all, all i'll say is yeah and. I, I, Ancelotti just kind of gave up certain things and he's like, look, if we attack them, we're going to get some things because that's, that's the, that's the nature of the team. That's the nature of the club. And that's the nature of Benzema, um, certainly this season. So, um, so I, I think it was really that simple. It was, it was just a reckless abandon and now leave them with a fighting chance to win it at home.
0: Reckless abandon can be a very beautiful thing sometimes to watch, you know, <laughs> depending on their focus. Anyway. <laughs> only,
2: so... only in Madrid can play that poorly. And basically, be 100% still in the tie going into the return leg. Uh. I, I, I have strong feelings about what you said. So let's just leave it at that. Yes, oh, and the they're not new. They're since I was like three years old. So let's leave it there.
0: Uh, so, because that just seems to be a recurring theme with that freaking team. Anyway, so uh, let's jump over to cheerier subject matters for me, like Joaquin. Uh, and again. Don't forget to subscribe um, and like us and give us, you know, all the follows. And, you know, there is a 20% off our affiliate link if you subscribe to the TFA site. And look at this. Look at this face. Joaquin Sanchez Rodriguez. Uh, a guy that, you know, is not that much younger than us. <laughs> you know, let's be let blunt. <laughs> you know, He's, well, he was... That's me, not even me, to flatter us.
1: That doesn't even flatter no, no, us. No, it just says the let me, let
0: me list. Let me list some things that, hadn't happened yet when Joaquin was already playing in Spanish First Division. 9-11 hadn't happened, mm-hmm. you know. There there was no Iraq War. Facebook, Myspace, you know, uh, any of the social medias don't exist. Okay? Uh, Netflix is just a company that distributes DVDs, you know? Uh, <laughs> I mean, he started playing professionally as a starter for Betis in the year... 1999. I mean, let's just, you know, he's playing against, I don't know if he has, I haven't checked uh, recently, but he is playing against players that were born after he had already started um, yeah. playing in first division. Yeah. So that guy, this guy, uh, is the captain of Betis and he just lifted the Spanish Cup, the Copa del Rey, you know, as the captain. And it warmed our hearts so much that we had to dedicate a section to him because he's yeah. a, a journeyman of football that has had just one of these careers where he's on top of that playing in a position his entire career that is not one of those positions that you just assume a 40-year-old will play all his career goalkeepers defenders obviously easier right a winger you don't see that much you know Ibrahimovic as a star as a, as a center forward maybe you know you could, there's more argument there because he's also, you know, I don't know if he's 40 already or getting there, but he is, yeah, um, he's
2: 40. Mm-hmm.
0: He's 40. <clears throat> Joaquin is a winger. Like he was, you know, he's been a hard seven his whole career. So I don't know, coach, like take us through some of what you saw and what you like, you know, went through with, with this guy. I mean, I mean,
1: Joaquin is 40, but he's an old 40. He turns 41 in July.
0: So. Yeah, <laughs> top of that.
1: yeah. <laughs> He was born in 1981 just for, for reference. And that's just, that's mm-hmm. just madness. Um it's, it's fitting that he wins, you know, and who knows? We, he, I think he still doesn't know if this will be his, his final season. I think he's probably thinking of coming back next season. Um, no, he said he will. He said he will.
0: Why not? He said he will. He, yeah. he said he will. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, so, he said he will. you know,
1: it makes sense. You know, he, he wins La Copa del Rey at 40 years old. He actually had La Copa del Rey at his wedding. Yeah. it was it was there when he was getting married and of course he he's marrying his his um his childhood sweetheart like everything about this guy is local right yeah. and it's like any he he exudes longevity and locality so there's this romantic <laughs> notion about him that we all that's what we all want football to be we want it to be local we do want it to be global as well but we love that local support and we want it to be lasting we want sustainable yeah. football and joaquin embodies all of that. He's just so easy to get behind and and cheer for.
2: Have you and heard more... his? Sorry, sorry Mourinho, that you go ahead. His, yeah, his, yeah. Uh, sorry. Have you heard his Mourinho um, anecdote? Uh, no. He was he no. was supposed to sign for Chelsea uh, in Mourinho's first stint at the at the club, and they had actually arranged a meeting in Sevilla, which Joaquin purposefully didn't show up at. <laughs> he, he just he just. Uh, blew Mourinho off and, and later he phoned and said look uh, I know that if I would have shown up at that meeting I would have been off to Chelsea uh, and I just can't do it so I'm really sorry uh, I'm staying. And Mourinho said like wow you're the first footballer to ever say no to me uh, and and he, he stayed in uh, he stayed at uh, Betis for a couple of more seasons before heading off to Valencia
1: hmm.
2: Another interesting stat, I don't know uh, Gabriel if you were highlighting it but so,
0: as we just said, he's been playing professionally in top division, you know, for over 20 years now. He has scored goals every single one of those seasons. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, as a, you know, as a winger. So, and there hasn't been a season where where he hasn't been, you know, scoring at least one goal since 1999, basically, which is incredible, yeah. you know? So, I don't know. Let's, let's go through some of these numbers. Then.
1: So, yeah, just up on the screen, we have some stats of, of his career here. Now, it... it- it only goes back to two thousand eight, which is when he started playing significant minutes. He only had like a, a few hundred minutes in, in the seasons prior to that, and he, and he wasn't making any um, any starts. He he didn't really um, he, he would all, he would come on as as a sub quite often. But j- just a couple things to to highlight here uh, for me is like like you mentioned goals in every single one of those seasons. Um, assists in every one of those seasons except 2008-2009. T- and what I love about, about this, this um, chart here is his, the accuracy of his passing is ridiculously consistent. Aside from a couple of 77% accuracy in, in, in a couple of seasons, he's between 82 and 85%, within 3%. So this is just a player, I mean, even he's approaching 40 and he's still reaching the 85% <laughs> passing accuracy so he's on on his his technical ability it's not diminishing his physical ability obviously is um but his technical ability is not um, i don't know what what do you see daniel
2: well i just think there's there's a tremendous amount of consistency there mm-hmm. um, uh, and and leading up to spain's golden generation that 2000 um, na euros uh, it's such a shame that he missed he missed the boat there. Um, well, there's a reason think, for that, but go ahead. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was his his uh his supposedly indirect criticism of uh, Luis Aragonés. Supposedly, uh, that, it was that, very <laughs> direct. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but when when you look at the sides of, uh, I mean, you can't really complain in 2008, 2010, and 2012 uh, for Spain. They they won it all, and uh, at least in one of those tournaments, they were they were one of the greatest sides ever. I'd say. That would be 2012, uh, but but you'd think that there would have still been a little hole for for Joaquin there, right. being so consistent, um, so talented, um, and it's not he's not a one man club. Uh, he he did play for no. Valencia, he did play for Fiorentina, uh, but he was equally consistent with those sides. Uh, he's just a fantastic footballer, really. And he did play a World Cup. He played in 2002. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And in 2002. 2002. Yes. Yes. Let's let's remark
0: that. A guy that just lifted the Copa del Rey as a winger, uh, who scored a penalty kick, by the way, that uh, was part of the winning shootout, um, was in the World Cup in 2002. Um, And not only was he in the World Cup in 2002, he was part of one of the most infamous bad calls ever in the history of World Cups. Very you know very controversial because it was against the host nation it was against Korea South, South and it Korea. was a quarter final and it was a pass that he made against i think it was Morientes who scored the goal after that that yeah. was called back that was basically yeah. reversed because of uh supposedly the ball had left the field any like if if, if VAR had existed then there is no way that would have been called back but it didn't and you know The ref overruled the linesman who had said, no, that's good. It was the ref who overruled him. And that was the subject of a lot of controversy because it was the host nation. Well, that pass was made by Joaquin. And, you know, so he's been part of one of the, you know, interesting highlights of um, Spanish football, you know, uh, since then. He did go to the 2006 World Cup, which was not a good one for Spain with Mm Aragonese. It was after that, that he criticized them because he said, we're not going anywhere with this guy. And so I said, no, you're right. So let's change out. <laughs> and, you know, and then came the golden generation. So maybe it was a good thing that he did for the country, you for, know, f- um,
1: for those people that you know, are maybe a little bit unfamiliar with what jo- Joaquin have not have not followed Betis or anything. There, there are some. So the stats we use um, come from Instat and Instat has this interesting kind of player comparison. Um, so, just, just so you can see what the player is or <laughs> which other players the player is like. Um, And and I just pulled a couple, I pulled, let's see, I got five of them here. So it says 93% like Pablo Sarabia out of Sporting, uh, 91% like Er Eric Lamela in Sevilla, Mm. um, 89% like Jose Perez at Leicester, 89% like Juan Mata. Uh, at manchester united and 88 percent like brian mbomo M- M- uh from brentford so these are all kind of like different types of wingers some are inside wingers some are outside wingers brian mbomo plays further forward almost like a as a support striker and, and i think that that just goes to show all of the different characteristics that um and, attributes and I,
2: I would argue that joaquin is better than every single one of those i, I in would his, agree. in his prime in his prime I debatable agree. now but but in his prime absolutely Mm-hmm. No, no. And and to be honest, he was in his prime.
0: And mind you, his prime is a very long window, right? But <laughs> yeah, his, uh, clearly. But he was in his prime. And this whole this Chelsea anecdote was very interesting because somebody that did leave the same city at the same time, almost, you know, uh, but played for the enemy team was uh, uh, Reyes, You know, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. you got you got uh, Reyes and you got Joaquin and they were both wingers, both number sevens you know, but both for the opposing teams, Betis and Sevilla. And one did go to Arsenal, and he was part of a very storied Arsenal team that had Fabregas, that had Thierry Henry, that had him coming, you know, a little bit later on. And he went, and he then came back to Real Madrid. Uh, Joaquin stayed in Spain, you know. So Joaquin ended up playing in Italy, as you said, for Fiorentina. And he also played for that very interesting team of Malaga, you know, that um, was a team that also had Pellegrini, you know, and uh, which is a team that also overperformed with Isco and you got Joaquin, you know, and uh, Pellegrini was, the, was the, the manager as well. So, you know, our, a little homage, let's say, to, you know, one of the one of the real ones, as, as, as they would say here in the U.S., because Joaquin has been around. I mean, since, you know, since I was in college, (laughs) you know, and (laughs) let's be real here. And, you know, and he was already a a player that I used to love watching. You know, he, the last two Copa del Rey that Betis has won were 16 years apart. He was part of both. Let's just (laughs) put it that, you know. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, tip of the hat to Mr. Joaquin, 41 in a couple months, playing for another year, winning titles, a winger, still super skilled still super fast and uh and still a competitor and that's what we like to see you know so tip of the hat to mr joaquin joaquin uh from betis and gabriel has was looking at uh, clips of his and his accent is impossible to identify i guess for you right so (laughs) (laughs) anyway um don't forget to subscribe and like us and join us for the next section where we're going to be talking about Real Madrid and Ancelotti again. Welcome back, everybody. Don't forget to subscribe and like us and give us a lot of love. There's a 20% off our affiliate link if you subscribe to the TFA site. And, Coach, let's do, let's do socials.
1: Yeah, reach out to us on on we're on Twitter. I am at FPLLens, FPL Lens, um, if you, or even on, in the comments here in, in YouTube. We will respond. You can DM us, re- request us, and uh, we can continue the conversations there throughout the week. And, and Emerson, Daniel,
0: yeah, sorry, Daniel. I was gonna just host uh, intro, Daniel, because you don't have your. Social on your name uh, right there, but why don't you tell us what it is?
2: Yeah, uh, it's, uh, it's <laughs> This is it's, fun. It's it's rather long. Yeah, so it's been... <laughs> Just look for, it, look for it in the in the in the comments. I'll, I'll put it on there. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, there you go, there you go.
0: <laughs> And mine is right there. I use the same the same social both for Twitter and Instagram and uh, I will admit that I'm no longer on Facebook, um, but uh, if you want to look for me there, you know, you're going to have to go back to Twitter. So that's, uh, that's kind of like a, a self servant circle right now. Um, and uh, let's jump to the new, newly crowned, uh, you know, champion of the Spanish league, of the Spanish first division. Um, and, you know, I guess we talk about Madrid a lot, but there is always, Madrid is always in the news and, you know, um, so yeah, now uh, Carlo Ancelotti and Real Madrid uh, have won the title a year after, a little bit under a year after Atletico de Madrid won it. Um, and uh, before I, you know, we go into some of these stats and numbers. Uh, it's been a very interesting league in general, La Liga, because I feel that um, Real Madrid has won it fair and clear and I do believe since the beginning that they were the best team but I also think just from watching La Liga a lot it was a very irregular year bizarrely you know it almost felt like Atlético de Madrid was like tired from last year because they went to the wire last year um and I don't know if the players had it mentally another year of battle you know I think that that's what happened Barcelona is a mess (laughs) I mean let's be real here Messi left, and it was like, you know, like that boy that was holding the dam by with one finger. When Messi left, it just all collapsed, you know. Um, and Real Madrid, rightfully so, took advantage of that. Sevilla was never going to hold that much because they don't have the depth. They have great players, but I, don't, I didn't think they had the depth to withstand the whole season. So that brings us back to Real Madrid, who have been steady in the league. So let's let's do some uh, stats and comparisons and discussions here, guys.
1: Just really quickly before we get into it, and, and I'll let Daniel open up on the Real Madrid talk. Um, Fabinho just scored. It's, so it's 2-1 yeah. now.
2: Yeah, I saw that. <laughs>
1: Rulli really should have had that, by the way. Um,
2: uh, okay, so... I mean, we can point out a lot of things about Real Madrid this season. I think there's, there's two really important things to say first. Uh, the first one is in comparison to last season. And by the way, Real Madrid was, was champion on the last day of the season up until the last few minutes of the season when Luis yeah. Suarez managed managed to score. Um, and that was honestly not a very strong or not a very high performing Real Madrid. Um, so what what's the difference? Why are they 15, 18 points ahead? Honestly, we can go into tactics, but I'd say two things. One of them is fitness, and the other one is um, goals, Uh, which you'd think is is pretty obvious, but it's something that plagued Real Madrid last season. Um, They have been fit, generally speaking. All of the big players, all of the important players have played uh, consistently throughout the season with maybe an injury here and there. Um, And then then goals. Uh, Last season... The front three of Benzema, Asensio, and Viní Jr. Uh, scored 30 30 goals, 31 goals, and this season, with a few games to go, have 50 goals. Wow! Uh, so I think I think just with those two things was enough to uh, be that much little bit better than than the competition this season. Yes, uh, Sevilla no strength and depth. Barcelona a disaster. Uh, maybe uh, Atleti, with the strongest side potentially, just didn't have it in them anymore. Uh, Wait, you knows? think you think Atleti has a stronger side than Real Madrid?
0: Do you do you still believe that? Uh, maybe, m- maybe,
2: possibly, possibly. I think they have a very, very strong, strong side. Uh, all, all the way from from uh, 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 the keeper Oblak, all the way through to uh, the front line. Um, but yeah, I think I think before talking about tactics is hey, they they. They're creating the same number of chances than they did last season, but they're putting them away um, uh, significantly more so than 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 last season. So it's not much of a tactical analysis, but in a in a nutshell, that's it. Hmm. Coach, what do you think?
1: So I've I've heard um, you, you know I, I don't know that there is much of a tactical analysis when when I think I think you when it comes to Madrid this season and and we we talked about it. We referenced it earlier when talking about that Manchester City game, and I think that's a perfect kind of example. Um, it, I think in in Spain it has been a bit of a complicated season. Certainly uh, Barcelona hasn't really been there to push Madrid like like they have in the past, so they've been able to get away with being inconsistent. Um, that I mean, thankfully for Madrid is they they have the the remontada in their DNA, and they've come back seven times in. in in seven pivotal, pivotal Before games. Before
0: we talk about that, let me interrupt one second. Inconsistency with Real Madrid, based on what? They have been the most consistent team in the league, right? So you're saying they're inconsistent in what way, for example?
1: Right. So the, the inconsistency of Madrid is in um, style of play and level of play, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, where sometimes they're 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 chasing the ball like crazy and they're pressing super high up the field and they have like Modric running up the field and Kos running up the field for God knows what reason because they're because they're, they're and old and Militao and charging. Militao yeah <laughs> Talk, talking about having no reason to be running up the field <laughs> that obviously yeah. brings up Militao in, in, into the question right and then we've seen other games where they where they've sat back in a shell where they where they've hit on the counterattack. Um and. I haven't really noticed any kind of rhyme or reason to, to you know, when it comes to those tactics. So um, I think I think it was Sid Lowe that was saying that uh, you know Real Madrid thrive on chaos, and and they they can take advantage of chaos on the field because ultimately they have Vinny Jr., Benzema and Courtois this season that are playing out of their out of their minds this season. Um, Yes. So. And and that's it. And that's it's really that that simple. So
0: even though Daniel disagrees with you on Courtois because he thinks he hasn't been that solid for them, so maybe you
2: should uh, speak I, to that, Daniel. Yeah. Um, from from a from from a goalkeeper a goalkeeper's perspective, I think Courtois has been solid. He has made all the saves that he was supposed to make, um, which does not always happen. Um, but his distribution is poor. Uh, he is one of the worst uh, distributors of the ball in la liga. Um, he He just doesn't have that part of his game. And whenever you ex- you you expect him having a solid game to make that spectacular save, he generally doesn't. So if you take a look at the saves he's made, he makes the saves that a solid world-class goalkeeper is supposed to 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 do. So that's not saying that he hasn't been pivotal in in Madrid's uh league this season he has he he wasn't making those saves last season. He was not making the saves that he was supposed to save as a world class goalkeeper. So he's been consistent. He he he's had a couple of mistakes but fewer uh than last season. And he's he's been he's been somebody that the team can rely on, which wasn't necessarily the case uh <clears throat> last season. Benzema Ballon d'Or would we agree here? I I
0: vote yes by the way just before you Accuse me of anti-Madrid. For me, by far, by far, he's been the most decisive, most yeah. essential MVP, as you know, we would say here in the U.S. Like, he's the guy, you know? Yeah. So I don't know if you agree with that, for example.
2: Yeah, even when he doesn't score, he is central to, to everything Madrid does. I was speaking to uh, a, a, very, um, a very strong f- supporter of the French national team last week, uh, and he said that he, he is essentially now a combination of a Zidane-like playmaker and an henri type finisher, um, because he does drop deep, uh, he does collect the ball, uh, he does make space, and then he has those little flicks and tricks, etc., with ruthless uh, finishing. What I think is really different from him this season, at least in the league, because he's only scored three more goals this season than he did last season, is his all-round play. Uh, where you do see him becoming that sort of playmaker. And it really helps that Viní Jr. is now, if not the complete footballer, almost there. Um, 14 goals this season, um, laying off assist after assist. That, that is important as well. And I think it's elevated Benzema's game, and it's let him showcase some of the other things that, that he can do. Uh, phenomenal finisher, uh, phenomenal uh, number 10 when needed. Uh, just a joy to watch. What a phenomenal footballer. You agree, Coach?
1: Yeah, I mean, and and I think uh, what I want to show next is just there are a couple. So there are a couple things about Melody, right? One is is this idea that they are a counter-attacking team, which they are. They know how to counter-attack. While I don't think they use counter-attacking as a as an identity. They just they know how to counterattack is is the best way I would put it. And then the the other thing is that we're talking about how great uh what what a world beater Benzema is. And it's it's absolutely true and, and that's created and we talked we've talked about this as well, uh fellas, is that's created a dependency. Right, uh, that that Madrid without Benzema, and and we can go to the the Barcelona game as a as a prime example, um, which we will go to in in just a second here. I think Madrid without Benzema are uh, almost like a, a team without a soul. They they have, they try to they try to do the same things, and there's just this this emptiness there.
0: I agree. I completely agree with that. And you know, Benzema has been subject of debate for many years amongst many people. I have always been a defender of his. I was always uh, Bigger fan of his than I ever was of Cristiano when he was playing in that team. You know, I thought that he was, and I remember specific moments that you only remember when you really dislike a team, <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, and there are moments when, for example, there's a semifinal for a Champions League between Atletico de Madrid and Real Madrid that Atletico was absolutely dominating. And there was one play that Benzema. this is at the height of Cristiano and all the super Cristiano and Sidan, blah, blah, blah. And there was one play where Benzema steals the ball, goes through the end line of Atlético Madrid, dribbles three players and makes a very soft pass to Isco, who scores. And they go to the final that year against Liverpool, I believe, Um, or Tottenham. I think it was Liverpool. Um, And those are the little plays that for years Benzema has had, Mm -hmm. you know, against... Uh, opponents, where he just in one play destroys all the plants, right? And he's always been that way. So I think that it's good that he's getting props generally this year as probably the definitely the best striker and for me the best player currently in the world right now.
1: Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll, I'm going to go to the video just, just to show one the, the dependency and and two the the lethality of of Madrid's counterattacks. And this this is the uh, the play in el in el Clasico. I, didn't want to, I don't want to be accused of bias here, so I'm showing a play that didn't work out. Um, and, and I'm showing something good that Militao has done, you know, Militao plays that one pass all the way to Vinicius, and then then so just for what we don't because of copyrights uh we are not allowed to show the videos here on 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 the show so uh we've partnered with Tactic 3D um they are a coaching software <laughs> they used for not just uh football they use it for American football they use it for handball they use it for all sorts of sorts so if you're Interested in the software that we're using, and you'd like to see more plays like this, um, definitely check them out. Tactic 3D, and uh, and let us know. Uh, reach out to us on socials. You can find Emerson at Imactus, Daniel at a uh, an undisclosed location, and I am <laughs> at, at, at FPL Lens. And uh, and we'll and we'll. If you enjoy this part of the show, we can uh, we can recreate um, more plays like this. Um, so this is just kind of a coach's perspective. This is put this together. So there this is a militao with the ball uh, Barcelona's in yellow Real Madrid's in blue because that's just how the software is and there's a pass that kind of it splits the entire team there and it, it hits Vinicius Jr running up the wing and he does that Ojo here with with a little move and then he gets to the end line and plays it but look there's nobody in the middle and we'll play this again cuz uh, it does go kind of quickly there so we'll, we'll play it again for
0: and by nobody so, you mean there's no Benzema, obviously. <laughs> right, so there's no Benzema, and
1: and you see it's
2: not Jovic, it's not Mariano.
1: <laughs> that's right, because they're not even in the game. And you see the closest person who? is that's Modric, that's Modric at that's Modric at the top of the box in the ten. So he gives it to Valverde, Valverde takes a shot, and it's saved by the goalkeeper. Um, but Modric coming in quite late at the top of the box there um just one last time here the ball goes through it goes through everybody's one pass from to Vinicius Vinicius looks up there's nobody in the box does that Ojo there's nobody in the box so he has to go back to Valverde at the top of the box and it's not the ideal um play so it's clinical counterattacks, reliance on Benzema and no tactics have won Madrid La Liga
0: amazing amazing and uh what I will say about, uh, you know, kind of like recapping or highlighting what I said at the beginning, it was a very steady, I know tactically and in terms of like the level of play was not super good. But what was steady about Madrid is that when they needed to step it up, they did. Sometimes, as you said, on the comebacks, on the remontadas, right? when And this happened seven times this season between La Liga and the Champions League. I don't know how many teams have that in them every year to come back. When you're down you know madrid scored so many goals in the second half many i don't want to say like all of them but many goals in the last 10 15 20 minutes of of games um usually benzema was involved in some way or another in those goals so it was just the league the league the la liga was sort of like going through a moment where it was suited for madrid to just take off like that you don't just by accident win a league like the spanish first division by 13, 15, you know, 18 points, you know, just by accidentally getting there. Like, they've been steady. They've been consistent. They have put pressure when they had to. Sevilla, every time they were inching closer, Madrid would lock that door. You know, when Atlético Madrid was coming up, they they beat Atlético, you know, Barcelona. I don't even know where, where to start with that team. So it was a good season for them. I think that Madrid can be happy that they won La Liga and I hope it just just
1: only stays with that title. <laughs> so just, just <laughs> to go over, I, I do want to go over the those those matches uh, quickly here. So we have, yeah, um, and 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 these are just um the the matches were on nineteenth of September, Real Madrid beat Valencia two one with goals in the eighty sixth and eighty eighth minute. Um, we have the twenty eighth of November, Real Madrid beat Sevilla with goals uh, with a goal from Vinicius Junior in the eighty seventh minute. Um, We're looking at the 20th of January against Elche, right, with Madrid. Uh, Yep. After Marcelo gets a red card in the 102nd minute, Isco scores in the 108th and Hazard scores in the 115th. That's in La Copa. And then they the come best goal right he
0: scored in, since he in Madrid, by the way. Yeah, the, <laughs> one of the, <laughs> the only the one. one maybe. Might
1: be the only one. And then they come back against Elche again, and you know they were losing to Elche, and they Madrid scores in the 82nd, and Militao scores in the 92nd to rescue a point on the 23rd of January. Um, then we're getting into more recent ones, the PSG game we all remember on the 9th of March to to That's go it. 3-2 in the tie. Benzema with a hat trick in the 61st, 76, and 78th minute um then we go to the 12th of April against Chelsea right to make it uh they lost the game 3-2 uh but goals from Rodrigo in the 80th and Benzema in the 96th uh make it 5-4 so Real Madrid go through and then uh the most recent one against Sevilla um, the, the, the classic game where um Nacho scores in the 82nd Benzema in the 90 second um to, to to get the three points there Um, and then, and then just to show like a little bit that, you know, how do they do this? They must be counterattacking, just like really incredible counterattacks. And we, and we look into it. Um, so I'll bring it up here. Um, we have like, like the stats that we looked into, they don't seem to indicate anything, right? So this is, this is their pressing. If you think that they're counterattacking, then it's probably some low pressing, but in some games they have medium. Uh, like thirty-eight percent low pressing, just like everywhere else. Other places, is seventy-five low pressing, seventy-five percent low pressing. It just really—it's—it's it's all over the place. The—the um, the only thing they have that is even the pressing efficiency. Look at the pressing efficiency against Valencia at seventeen percent versus a pressing efficiency against. A, I mean, we're talking about a, a decent team here, PSG at fifty-nine percent. Mm. So it's not even like against good good teams it's one way against bad teams it's just like Ancelotti's like ah you guys are pretty good go go play chaos um, beautiful chaos, chaos. beautiful, beautiful chaos.
0: chaos I mean that's what Sid Lowe said, and I we agree with him yeah absolutely yeah so anyway congratulations to Real Madrid uh let's watch this really quickly we our time Just is up coach we'll our, our time yeah. is up here here, here yep. there are
1: attacks again varied all over the place it's, this is like entrances into the penalty box and shots on target we see it fluctuate up and down across all the games from uh from valencia early in the year to sevilla um quite late in the year and then the last one here, and those of you that are listening on the podcast, come check this out on the YouTube show, and you can pause it. It we'll, we'll timestamp it so so you can see this. And this is just the, the XG data um, that also just fluctuates all over the place. So just showing like absolutely no plan. Um, yeah, that's what we said. That's why we're saying like no tactics here. Just 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 win, baby. <laughs> I guess that's what Al maybe maybe
0: no tactics is the tactic. You maybe know, like maybe it it's. Yeah. Maybe that's uh, mind, the Jedi that's mind trick. Mind games. Yeah, <laughs> you never know. He certainly looked very happy and, uh, you know, after they win, the, they won the title in Madrid, big fat cigar, top yeah. of the bus, probably a little bit buzzed, you know? <laughs> so, you know, uh, clearly it was a big thing for him, you know? So he had never won the Spanish League, you know? that's a, So it was a big thing mm-hmm. for him. Uh, anyway, remember to um, subscribe and like us. Uh, there's a 20% off our affiliate link if you subscribe to the TFA site, uh, and next up, we're going to talk about Everton. Welcome back to the TFA Total Football Analysis Show. Don't forget to subscribe and like us and give us some love, please, uh, please. <laughs> there's a there's a twenty percent off our affiliate link if you subscribe uh, to this, uh, you know, to the TFA site. And let's talk about uh, you know a little bit of a downer <laughs> section, but only in spirit because uh, great fans. Uh, but we're going to talk about that other team from Merseyside, that other Liverpool team, the one in blue, the the one that just you know it's like the the ugly duckling, you know, uh, of, of the city, Everton man, uh, Everton as of today. Would be playing the championship next year, uh, which is crazy uh, compared in terms of the history of the team, in terms of to some degree even you know the budget and the, the players they've had. And but let me just start with a very general question to you both: How did Everton get here? What's what's happening? Like how? Why is Everton right now fighting for relegation? What's 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 the deal? Uh,
2: I'd like to just say, Benitez but, uh, that's, that's not entirely, uh, the, the case. Um, it seems like it's been something that's, that's been in the making. Uh, the club hasn't really had a philosophy for, for some time. Uh, the appointments of managers seem to have been, uh, quite random. Uh, they've spent, uh, hundreds and hundreds of millions, uh, on players. Uh, so you'd think that the managers have gotten support, but it's, it's just a fact of, of no philosophy. And I think they could have done. Probably, it's it's you know funny to say. We just finished talking about Ancelotti and not really having tactics. Um, they they weren't that disappointing under under Ancelotti. Um, so so that's I I think that has a lot a lot to do with it. It's a it's a club that's sort of been all over the place. Similarly to what happened to to sorry to to United, uh, a club with, without a, a philosophy after so many years of Ferguson and so many years of being. Uh, having a certain mentality, uh, they've been all over the place as well for, for years.
0: Yeah, sorry, Daniel. I have numbers that I came across um, in terms of winning percentage for managers uh, mm-hmm. ever since the David Moyes days. Yeah. So we have, since 2002, and I'm not going to say the smaller ones that were there for as caretakers, David Moyes, uh, Bobby Martinez, Roberto Martinez, Ronald Koeman, um Sam Allardyce, Marco Silva, Ancelotti, Benitez, and now Lampard. Who do you think has the most, like the highest winning percentage of all of those? And these are people that, you know, with more than a certain number of games, obviously, under them, right, per season. Who would you, if you had to get like a wild guess, who has the biggest percentage there, winning percentage? Huh. That's a good question. No, it was actually, sorry, go ahead, Daniel. I was
2: going to say Benitez. It's actually Ancelotti. (laughs) yeah so talk about tactics right yeah yeah
0: and Ancelotti had 46 uh 46 percent uh winning uh, 46 you know percent winning percentage with um with Everton um during his you know uh time there second place this might shock some people um well actually no sorry uh, close but second place is basically tied between Roberto Martinez and David Moyes you know, yeah. and David Moyes was there for a long time. Yeah. Like, he was there for over 10 years. You know, um, the lowest is Benitez. <laughs> yep. Benitez is at 31%. Mind you, it was only 22 games. Maybe if yeah. they gave him 30, 40 more, like Ancelotti, he would get to a higher percentage. Yeah. But you could argue that, I mean,
2: it's well, fair they... to argue that they're there because of him. Yeah, go ahead. Well, they've been worse since he left. Yeah. Um so um that's why i threw benitez out there i was just like "Ooh, maybe maybe there's a little bit of a twist there but no they've, they they've they've had a couple of good results as of late but they have been um lampard has not been able to get them out of that funk uh, they've had a lot of injuries um but with with i think jerry mina in particular coming back i think that's been something that's been very very helpful but not having uh covert lewin uh, in the side throughout the course of the season, I think has also um, hurt them significantly.
1: I mean, at Everton have had 10 managers in the last six years and have spent half a billion pounds. Yeah. If if a billion pounds is supposed to get you the league, half a billion should at least get you mid-table. Yeah. And these guys are about to be relegated. But it's it's that um, inconsistency and, and the, the lack of vision, like Daniel said, and... And just really like lackluster managers. I mean, you bring the Dutch guy in with absolutely no plan and no way to communicate uh, with players. You, you know, you you bring Sam Allardyce in. Like, what, what does it say about your club when you bring Sam Allardyce in here? Um, then you follow that up with Marco Silva. Like, like how is that even a philosophy? Then Carlo Ancelotti. You know, he he certainly excited the Everton fans. He he brought some. The problem with Ancelotti is when when he came, then he brought like some players that helped in the short term, like James, like, like right? Yeah. And and, and there was something like okay, he's building something here, but that that team lasted maybe half a season and then they just fell off a cliff. So and how
0: quickly did Ancelotti bail when he got met It probably, you know, it was like one text from Florentino, and I'll be, I'll see you in two hours. You know? Yeah, <laughs> like, he's like hey, I'm Florentino. on the plane already. <laughs> you know? Florentino's like, hey, what are
1: you doing tonight? And Carlo's like, yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm asking you about dinner No, sure, I'm, yeah, whatever, yeah, what yeah, whatever sucked. He was out of there quicker yeah. I mean, it was It says a lot about the club too, right? Yeah, so, but really
1: quickly what, what, what I want to get into here um, is, is just a little bit of how Everton have changed um, in their, Especially the past two matches I saw the match against Liverpool Where they lost 2 nothing, And they, I mean, they looked They looked like kids trying to learn How to do some shithousery like everything was over the top, and you took you did it too long. There was no subtlety to it. But it seems like in one in one match between the Liverpool match and the Chelsea match, that they kind of got it. And and you know, Pickford, um, even you know he he everyone's claiming this this incredible save when when the ball gets kicked at his face. But it but it's how he uses that energetically to like to lift the crowd, to lift his team, to you know to to inject that energy into the team. And then you know, so just just some people might not know. So against against Chelsea, um, the Everton fans, they 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 I think they, they lit fireworks at one o'clock in the morning and at three o'clock in the morning right outside the the Chelsea hotel. Um, when the, when the ball would go into into the crowd, there's a fan that that hid the ball, put it under under the shirt, um, so to to help help the team waste time. Um, there were flares all over the place, shit housery on the field, Pickford like. He did make some incredible saves. I did love that save where he has to go run across the goal and he's inside the goal, but he punches the ball out. I thought that was really well done. Um, so, so yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Jelimina
0: was doing teat- South American theatrics, and I love him for that. You know, in in the heart of the Premier League, you know, he's
1: holding his face in the box, El Panayere. he was he was great. He actually played really well that game, and then and then I, I just. From a tactical perspective, and we all know that Frank is no uh, friend to tactics, um, I just thought playing Mikolenko uh, uh, wide and Iwobi wide on the other side, it allowed them to really press Chelsea wide. Whenever Chelsea would get the ball wide to, say, Marcos Alonso or Reese James, there was immediate pressure on all of those balls. They, and then when they would go pressure, you had um, you know, the, the pace and, and, the, and the motor of Damari Gray, and um, and Anthony Gordon, the, the the young kid that's taking that's taking set pieces and stuff that I think I think, you know, technically he might not be the best right now, but he has he has intelligence, he has speed and he has a motor. And and I just thought everybody was running for each other. But it was it was just it was just a yeah, lot of run, was Gordon, played, running. The way,
0: Gordon played a great game against Liverpool, um, yes. even though they yeah. lost that game, you know, fairly handily. But like he was a, a, a highlight because I hadn't really focused on him before. You know and um you know we only have a little bit of time so i'm gonna i don't know if you have any more graphics coach that you want to show us but no okay so i'm going to jump in right into
2: it i want to see your predictions
0: start with you daniel does everton go down or not
2: um given the fight in this in this match i think i think they have every shot in the world to to make it uh so i would i would see burnley going down instead uh, I'll give Jesse Marsh the benefit of the doubt mm. and uh, and see Leeds uh, staying up. Uh, I'd like to see Everton stay up. They're a big club. They, they've they got my boy Salomón Rondón in the lineup, who actually played. Uh, uh, if only he had better service, uh, I think he'd be a hell of a lot more effective. But uh, but I'd like to see him up. I, I think they'll they'll stay up. Gabriel, what do you think?
1: Well, Rondón, I love Rondón. Um, he's, a, he's a hero of mine. But uh, he he's had an awful season. I think I think Everton do stay up, and mostly because of their schedule. Like this was the um, this was the match that no one expected them to win, but they're going to be facing a an exhausted Leicester side. This coming weekend, um, even though it is it is away and Everton are not great away, I, I think they could they could take something there. Then they face Watford, which I expect Everton to take something there. Then they are—Everton are, are a different animal at home. And then they have Brentford. They, they could get points there. Then they have pa- Brentford and Palace at home, and Palace are not good away. Um, what, what they want to do is just not leave it to that final game of the season in Arsenal— but I'm gonna take it away from Jesse Marsh, even though I do think he's that done a decent job. I, I think Leeds go down. I, th- I think uh, Burncelona stay up. <laughs> Burncelona.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think I think Everton stays up as well. And I'll tell you why. It was that game against Chelsea. You know, yeah. winning that game was enormous for them because that they should have not won that game. Let's be real here. You know, so Chelsea. You know, it's irregular part of the season for them. They're not at their best right now, and I think that was lucky moment for everton given their situation so winning that game i think was their season i do think they have an easier schedule if they go down they just really really screwed it up you know yeah. this just be real here so anyway that's our show for today um and uh you know uh, don't forget to subscribe uh and like us and give us uh you know all the follows and uh, remember there's a 20% off our affiliate link if you subscribe to the tfa Don't forget to follow us, don't forget to subscribe, and don't forget to give us some love on all our socials. And also, uh, there's a 20% off our affiliate link if you subscribe to the TFA site. We'll be back uh, in the next couple of weeks uh, with some more interesting Uh, recap uh, of something that just happened live. Liverpool just uh, completely turned it around. Um, So congratulations to all the you know all the Reds everybody that follows Liverpool uh you'll never walk alone and uh congratulations on another Champions League final and um I don't know Daniel
2: Gabe any parting thoughts for now no I guess we'll we'll be able to talk a little bit about that that Champions League final as well
1: yeah and uh well I thank everyone for joining us. You can find me at FPL Lens on Twitter. Um, definitely re- reach out. Um, send us questions. Send us ideas. Send us commentary. It's all good. Let's get, keep the conversation going for the next two weeks. And we will see you then.
0: See you in two weeks. Um, before we leave Madrid or, or Manchester City tomorrow? Quick. Quick round right now. Hola, Who Madrid. goes through? Who goes through? Madrid. Ouch. I say Madrid too. <laughs> Ooh. Anyway, see you in bye two bye, weeks. Pep. Have a good one, everyone. Cheers. Cheers. Okay, bye.